Greetings and welcome back to another an ongoing series of Shur and Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We are now in Masachet Gitin, Dav Vav Amur Aleph, and about to examine the um, the status of Bavel uh, relative to Eretz Yisrael uh, within the context of Fananich Tav Fananich Tam. Itmar Bavel Ravamar Eretz Yisrael Gitinu Shwalamar Kechutzlarz. So there's a machloka between the first generation of Amora a Bavel, whether Bavel itself should be considered like Eretz Israel, which means that if you bring a get uh, within Bavel from province to province, you would not have to say Fonanichtav, Fonanichtam, or you would, and perhaps it has implications for bringing a get from Bavel to Eretz Israel. We'll see. So perhaps Rav and Shmuel have the same machloket. That Rav's contention is that the issue is Bikin Lishma. And in Bavel, the courts are expert. And the Shmuel perhaps holds the, holds that the reason is accessibility of the witnesses, and here they are also inaccessible. And again, the question is, does that mean within Bavel, province to province, or even within a province in Bavel, or does it mean Bavel to Israel? Let's think about that. There's a primary question here is that Rav and Shmuel, had they really staked out these positions, then two and three generations later, Rav and Rava would not be having an independent disagreement. They would simply be adopting Rav versus Shmuel. But there's another consideration that we've repeated throughout this sugya, which is that Rava accepts Rava's interpretation, so everyone agrees that Eidi Mitzuyim is a consideration. El Adekol everybody agrees with that. Rav Savar Kevandi Ika Mishkach Rav says, because there are yeshivot in Bavel, there's always people around who recognize signatures. The people in the yeshivot are not paying attention to business and to testimony and signatures. They're busy studying. Itmar Nami, we have a, a uh, similar statement. Abraham Rav Huna, who was a student of Rav. From the time that Rav came, and we should add, we came back, after Rebbe died and came back to Bavel to establish the yeshiva, we have made ourselves like Eretz Yisrael. In other words, that the the idea is that uh, that not that we now have this kind of expertise that may have been missing, but now that we regard ourselves as Eretz Yisrael and we don't have said fun and Now that all that does this is substantiate that Rav's position was that. Rav Yirmiyah challenges from the Mishnah Bet, the one that we did not yet read back on Daf Bet Aleph. Rekem is the eastern boundary of Eretz Yisrael. Where that specifically is, we'll get to in uh, in the next year. So Ashkelon, which is not far from present-day Ashkelon, on the southern coast, is the southern border of Eretz Yisrael of the times of the Tanaim. Ako is the northernmost border. Obviously, the western border is the Mediterranean. So this is as far as Eretz Yisrael goes, as far as Gittin. Now, we know that Bavel is far north and east of Eretz Yisrael, although scripturally regarded as north. This is in the beginning of Yirmiyahu's prophecy that the trouble will come from the north, the north being Bavel. It's a prophecy about Nebuchadnezzar. <coughs> And therefore, we know it's far north of Akko. Rameir said that Akko itself is not outside of the boundary, it's inside. So a person bringing get from Akko does not have to say, Even Rameir has the most expansive approach, just says that Akko itself is included because it's close by. Well, Bavel, that's so much further away, 
is certainly not included. So how can you say that Bavel can be regarded as, as Eretz Yisrael Gittin when the boundaries of Eretz Yisrael are clearly given in Mishnah Bet, and Bavel is clearly outside of those boundaries? So Humotiv Lom Mufariklas, or Rav Yirmiya, who asked this question, gave his own answer. Levarmi Bavel. In other words, the, the Mishnah is delineating the borders of Eretz Yisrael. Anything out of the, outside of that in Lebanon, in Turkey, around the Mediterranean coast on either side, that's outside. But Bavel has a separate halacha. So Bavel is not excluded by those boundaries. Now, Adhechan hi Bavel. How far does Bavel go? The same machloka that appears in, in the middle of the, uh, in the, towards the beginning of the fourth parak of Kiddushin, of how far is considered to be, what, what, is the, what are the boundaries of what's considered to be Bavel between the two rivers? How far north really is the question? Along the, uh, the banks of the Euphrates, do we consider it to be Bavel such that in that area, somebody who, who, uh, uh, comes from a Jewish community is considered to be properly miyuchas because the communities know who's who. Uh, the same boundaries apply as far as Gitin goes. That's his approach. Um, uh, he said, no, the says it's until the second bridge on the on the river. Of Chista, um, would require that if you came from Aktisfon to Bay Ardashir, you would have said Farinichta Fanachtam. Ardashir, the Aktisfon, the Matzich, but in the opposite direction, he wouldn't have stated. Alright, so perhaps he holds that the only reason is Bikiyut, and the, only the courts in, uh, Bay Ardashir are experts, and therefore if you come from there, you don't have to make the declaration. Think about it. We've accepted around uh, around the horn that everybody agrees with Rava that you need Eidim Mitzuyim. Everybody agrees that you need to have accessibility. But because the people of Bay Ardashir uh, go to Aktisfon, to the marketplace, Therefore, sorry, because the people of Be'ardashir come to the shuk in Aktisfon, right. Therefore, they, they're familiar with the, the signatures of the people there. But in the reverse direction, they're not familiar. They're busy with their own marketplace. They're not busy checking out the, the signatures of people who are coming in to visit them. So the ones from the visiting town don't have anybody locally who can substantiate their signatures. But the inverse of that they have. He would uh, obligate that in Bavel, even if you went from uh, one street to another, you would have to say, He would say even part of a block to another part of the block, you would have to make such a statement. He would necessitate even from one house to another in the same neighborhood, in the same block. But how can Rava say that? Rava himself said the problem is accessibility of witnesses. So that you certainly have one block away. The people in the town of Machuza, which is where this is referring to, um, were always moving around, they're always involved in business, and therefore even in their own town, they were not familiar with the signatures of um of the people uh around them and therefore they would uh, we would have to always have fun you never know if you could find somebody who could validate the signatures now uh here is the following story 
Uh, Rav Mishtoi told the following story. Rav Kahana Aiti Gita. So Rav Kahana brought a get. I don't know if it was from Surah to Nahardea or from Nahardea to Surah, although that sounds more reasonable considering after the Kamei Rav, he came to Rav, so it's probably in Surah. Now these are two towns that are, that are several hours away from each other. Do I have to make the declaration? You don't need to. But if you do, it'll help. What does that mean? Because if you say, and then if the husband comes and challenges the get, we won't pay attention to him. In other words, you don't need to make the declaration because you're within Bavel and Edim Mitsuyim between Surah and Nahardea. However, if you do it, it'll be a protective buffer. Kiritanya, as we have a story from in the Bright, there was a guy who brought a get to Rabbi Shmuel. Do I have to make the declaration? Where are you coming from? I'm from that town. You have to say it. So we don't need Edim later on. After this fellow left, that's Rabbi Huda's father. And the Dean is, anytime you bring it within Eretz Israel, you don't have to make the declaration. It's closer to Tzipori than, than Akko is, meaning it's further inside the border than Akko, which we consider to be still inside. disagree and say Akko is outside and disagree with Rameir, that's Akko that's far away from the main settlement in the Galil. Which is further east and in the Galil is closer, though, they would agree. So why did you tell him he has to make the declaration? Amarlo shtok bni shtok. He told him be silent. Once I said it, leave it alone. Meaning he admitted he made a mistake, but he said once I made that statement, then leave it. Now let's see. But Rabbi Shmuel, well, well, he didn't make a mistake. What he said to the fellow was, say it so that we don't need any later. In other words, he was saying, really, you don't need to say it, but as a protective buffer, say it. So lo simu The answer is Rabbi Loi didn't hear the last three words, and therefore he only heard him say, "You need to say it," and therefore he came in and protested. But the reality is that Rabbi Shmuel said it also as a protective piece, and that's what Rabba said when he said, "If you you don't have to say it when you come from Surah to Nahardea." Sorry, Rab said you don't have to make the statement, but if you say it, it'll help. Meaning, if the ball comes now after you've said it, we won't pay any attention to him. All right, we're now going to go onto a tangent which begins with uh, the topic of Gitin and Bavel and Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to go far afield. Shalach l'Rabbi Aviatar l'Rav Chista. Rav Aviatar sent a message from Eretz Yisrael to Rav Chista in Bavel. Gitin ba'im misham l'kan. Gitin that come from there to here, meaning from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. That's what I mentioned at the beginning of the sugya, and may affect also international Gitin. He said, you don't have to say it. So not only within Bavel, but from Bavel there to Israel, you don't need to say it. So is that because Rabbi Yatar thinks the whole reason is Bikyut Lishma, and he knows that the courts in Bavel are expert? Same protest. Everyone agrees the Eidim Mitzuyim. Everybody agrees the issue is Lekaimo. Since there are lots of people who go back and forth, Salki literally means they go up to Eretz Yisrael, Venachti, they go down to Bavel, Mishchash Therefore, there's lots of travel between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael, and this chiefly means between the rabbinic centers in the northern part of Israel 
and close to the Tigris in Bavel, that there are people always in both places who recognize the signatures. Now, I'm Rav Yosef, man leimal under Rav Yitar bar Samachahu, but wait, you're relying on opinion of Rav Yitar, l'halacha, saying if you bring a get from Babel to Israel, you don't have to make the declaration, which means I, Rav Yosef, when I'm overseeing the handing over of a get in Babel, I don't need to make, to, to uh, according to that, I don't need to ensure that the shaliach testifies to the proper writing of the get, and that when he comes, he'll make the declaration. Who says Rabbi Vayatar is somebody to rely on? He's the one who sent a message to Rabbi Yehuda about people leaving Bavel. This has to do a lot with the contested issue of the way that Bnei Bavel saw themselves relative to Eretz Yisrael. Professor Shai Gafni gave some very important lectures on that, on the, uh, so we say, the patriotism, as it were, of Babylonian Jewry. Bnei Adam ha'olim misham lekan uh, said, you have people coming from Bavel, leaving their families behind, and coming here, evidently, to study, and uh, they have fulfilled in themselves the pasuk that they've put, made the child into a prostitute, and they've sold the, the daughter for wine. In other words, they're abandoning their families. Now, that's not the issue. But the issue is, below he wrote this without underscoring the pasuk. In other words, he wrote it on a parchment without scoring underneath uh, on the line that he would write on the score. If you have two words from Tanakh that you're writing on a parchment, just as a separate message, you can write them without uh, sirtut. Shaloth, with three, you have to write it, and here you have a whole pasuk. And he wrote it without that. So we see that Rabbi Aviatar evidently is not such an expert in halacha. He didn't know this basic halacha about sending messages. So why would he be an expert enough to tell us that the uh, get coming from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael doesn't need the declaration? There's a variation of Yitzchak. You can write three words. You can't write four words. So Abayah turned to Rav Yosef and said, Rabbi, I don't understand. Just because somebody doesn't know that one particular relatively arcane halacha, of Rav Yitzchak or of the Breita, he's not a great man, he could be a great man who doesn't know that one thing. So, And this is a very powerful statement. I understand if it's something that's dependent on reasoning and he doesn't get it, so he's not bright. But this is simply a tradition. He didn't know that tradition. He hadn't heard it. No, you can't fault somebody for not having every piece of information at his fingertips. Besides which, I could tell you Rabbi Vyatar is a great man. Rabbi Vyatar was confirmed by Akkadosh Baruch Hu, uh, the following story. The, the, one of the most tragic and perhaps the most gory stories in uh, Tanakh is the story that occupies the last three chapters of Sefer Shoftim. It's called Pilegash Pegival, though it later uh, devolves into a, a terrible civil war where the tribe of Binyamin is nearly wiped out, and uh, it's very tragic, and it sort of typifies the, the period. It begins with a story that a man fra- in Har Ephraim takes a girl from Beit Lechem, and she's a Pilegash, she's not his wife, she's his concubine, and says, Vatizneh alav Pilag show, which might be understood to mean that she had an affair with somebody else, but from the context, it seems she did something to anger him. And then he's very angry, and then she runs away, and he comes to get her, and it's on the way back that the terrible stuff happens. Now, what did she do? Rabbi Aviatara Mar Zvuv Matsala, that she prepared food, and he found a fly in the food. Biyonatan Amar Nima Matsala. Biyonatan disagreed and said, no, what he found was a hair in the food. Vashkecha Rav Aviator Leliaus. Rav Aviator himself, 
met Eliyahu Navi. Amarle, Mako Avid Kuchabrihu. What is Akkadish Baruchun involved with right now? Amarle Asik Pilagish Pagiva. It's a remarkable story. Eliyahu said, Akkadish Bar Eliyahu, throughout Midrashay Chazal, is the go between to tell us what's happening in heaven. He said, Akkadish Baruchu is studying the Sugya Pilagish Pagiva. Umayka Amar, and what's he saying about it? Amarle Abyatar Bini Kahu Omer, Yonatan Bini Kahu Omer. He's reporting that, uh, in interpreting what he's now allowed Pilag Show, my son Abyatar interprets it this way, and Yonatan, my son, interprets it that way. In other words, Akkadish Baruch is learning the Machloket. Amarle Chatzvashal Mikah Sveika Kamishmaya. So Abyatar turned to Eliyahu and said, I don't understand. How could you say that Akkadish Baruch doesn't know what happened, such that he is following our interpretations, which are at odds with each other? So Eliyahu answered back to Rabbi Vitar, both you and your colleague Rabbi Yonatan are saying the words of the living God, meaning they're true. Both were found. First he found a fly like you said, but he didn't get angry. Then he found a hare and he got angry, and that's what, that's what led to what happened. I'm Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda had a different take. The fly was found in the food, meaning he got angry about that in the bowl, and the hair was found um, in, in that part when they were about to engage in, in relations, um, was found in the vaginal area, and that was what endangered him. The fly is simply disgusting. The hair was dangerous. Right, so in other words, we have several ways of, of uh, reconciling that both statements are true, and they ultimately led to the great anger that led her to run away, etc., etc. Both the fly and the hair were in the bowl. Zvuv on the fly was a mistake. Nima pshiuta, that was already negligence. Okay, Amrav Chista, so now what are the, what's the conclusion of that story? The, the, the lesson we learn, A person should never put too much fear in his house. What happened? The husband overdid it with his anger. The assumption here is that her behavior, her negligence, she was afraid to tell her husband that something had happened, because she was afraid of the way he would respond. Therefore, he found it, he exploded, she ran away, and as a result, the terrible war, uh, where several tens of thousands of Jews died. Anybody who creates too much fear in their house is himself going to end up violating three sins, right? because his wife's going to be afraid to tell him when she is, um, uh, Anida, it's, let's say, too cold to go to the mikvah, and the mikvah's cold, and she's afraid to tell him because she's afraid of his anger. Shvichutamim, because as we saw here, or sometimes we, uh, um, she runs away because she's afraid of him, because she broke something, right? She says, and as a result, she gets killed. And Chilul Shabbat, as we're going to see in a minute. Um, because she's so afraid of, of his reaction that she'll light candles late, because better that than him see that she forgot to light candles, etc. The Mishnah at the end of the second parak of, of, of Shabbat, there's three things you have to say inside your house just before Shabbat starts. Esartem, have you separated Masrot? Eravtem, have you established the Eruv? Okay, light the candle. Those three things, you have to say them nicely and gently, not like giving orders. 
so that people should accept it and people will, will do what you asked. In other words, if you say it meanly, first of all, you're going to create a bad environment and people are going to be afraid to tell you that they didn't separate Masrot. It, it's all bad. So, I never heard that lesson. I did it on my own, just reasonably. It's a reasonable thing. You should say things like that in a gentle, nice way. The same lesson, a person should not put too much fear in his house. A great man put great fear in his house, and they fed him a great thing. Let's see what that is. Manu Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel. Alright, what the Davar Gadol here seems to be a euphemism or something treif. You think you really ate treif? That's why we have the famous story with uh, Chamor Pinchas Benyari that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't bring any bad thing even to the animals of Tzadikim. Tzadikim Atzman lo kol shekein. How could this guy have been tripped up to eat something non-kosher? They, and they wanted to feed him something. He almost ate something bad. It was Avram Minachai. They had, uh, they had uh, shechted an animal and um, they, but an aver had been cut off first, and they chopped, because they didn't know where it was, they chopped it up and put it into the food, and he almost ate it, and then somehow he was saved from that. So he sent the following message. I have people who are bothering me, and I have the opportunity to hand them over to the, uh, to the, uh, to the kingdom here, uh, so that they'll be taken care of. Mahu. Am I do I have the right to do it? The only connection here is again sending messages by quoting Psukim and and scoring them. So he wrote the following Pasuk from Tilim Lamitet Amarti I will keep a machsom or block in front of my mouth while the Rasha is in front of me, meaning even though the Rasha is standing in front of me and pestering and everything else, I'll keep my mouth shut. In other words, he was telling him, the guy may be pestering you, but you have no rights to hand him over to the, to the kingdom, to the government, where he'll be killed or tortured as a result. So he sent the and says, they're really pestering me. And I, I really cannot stand, I can't stand against them, and I, I really can't continue. So he sent him a different pasuk from Tilim. Dom Dom Lashem may mean be silent and don't say anything. It also may mean pray. It's unclear what Lachadumiatila uh, Titcholelo means uh, means uh, be penitent, penitent towards him. What does that mean? Dom Lashem The drasha is be pray to Hashem and He will make them fall as corpses. You go and learn early in the morning and stay till late at night in the Beit Midrash, and they'll die on their own. This is a paraphrase from Migilat Esther, Parakzayin. The words came out of his mouth. That guy who was pestering him uh, was immediately handed over to the kingdom without Rabbi Marukva having to say anything. So now they sent a message to Marukva. Zimra menalanda asir. How do we know that bizman hazeh singing in the bars and the taverns is asur? Sirteit v'katavlohu. So now he underscored a pasuk that says, Al tismach Israel el gil ba'amim. Do not rejoice with, to the singing of the nations. Why didn't he send this pasuk? That they will not sing 
with um, with wine, and the the uh, strong drink is is now bitter. I might think that that refers to using an instrument. But just singing at the mouth is, is mutar. And that's why El Gil, Gil refers to singing out loud. So he asked Ravashi, a very curious question. What is the meaning of the Pasuk? Which is listed in Yeshua Tervav among the many, many, many cities of Yehuda. What's the question? These are cities of Eretz Yisrael. I know that too. But I have a teacher who said something. Anybody has kina, jealousy over his friend as domain and is silent. The one who who is uh, resides on high does the judgment for him. So he made a drush on the names. So then he throws it back and says, so what are you going to do with a later pasuk? If that rabbi was here, I'm sure he'd have something to say about it. So he was good at playing with names and turning them into a beautiful drasha. So we have, uh, so somebody else came along. So he said the following. So Tsiklag, famous city of David. Tsiklag, so is there anybody who has a tsiakat ligima, anybody who has a claim against his fellow, um, uh, because the other fellow was coming and affecting his lives, and his madmana is domeim, then sansana, the one who lived in the sne, Hakodesh Baruch Hu, will take care of him and, and judge on his behalf. The klila, which is, uh, we just learned about that at the end of Masachat Soto, which is the uh, the wreath that was put um, uh, for the um, for the chatanim, that was gold and silver that they would wear. How do we know that we're not allowed to have that anymore at weddings? Amar le he says it's midrabanan. It's a, it's the pumus shalas besainus. The non pumus shalas besainus goes right to chatan v'aleirus. So Ariachi kam Ravuna laafnuye. So Ravuna got up to. Uh, to turn away. Amarle Rav Chista Karaktiv. So Rav Huna gave his answer, it's Midrabanan, and then he got up and they wanted to walk away. Rav Chista turned and said, Karaktiv, I have a Pasuk that will support what they decreed there. Get rid of the turban, the Mitznefet, and lift up the crown. Lift, uh, lower the high ones and, and, and raise up the low ones. So he said, What's the connection between the turban worn by the Kohanim and the Atarah? When, it's not Kohen Gadol, when any Kohen is wearing the Mitznefet, because the Beit Tamikdash is built, then everybody else can wear a crown. Once the Mitznefet is off the head of the Kohen, no more Beit Tamikdash, then nobody else should wear a crown. Adahachi Ataravuna, and Aravuna came back. Ashkachinu Daviyatvi saw them sitting in Marle Elohim, Midrabanan. He said, I see you guys are involved in Psukim, but the reality is it's Rabbanan. Elachista Shmach Chazdoin Milach. You are, your name is Chista, and your words are, are, uh, beautiful. Chazdoin, very nice words. In other words, we agree it's the Rabbanan, but you found a nice Pasuk to rely on. Ravina Ashkachin, the Mabravashi, the Havay Godil Kalila Levarte. He saw, 
Ravashi was was making a um, a crown for his daughter for a wedding. Says, don't you hold from that drush on the pasuk? I do mean a coin godel. It's just like a coin godel. Begavri, who wore meets that fit the men? It doesn't apply to the women. And indeed, in the Pumus Shalas Pesainus, they only banned the Atarot Chatanim. My Zot Lo Zot. So back in the Pasuk in Yechezkel, it said Zot Lo Zot. What does that mean? He'd quote one of his two teachers saying this. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, take off the Mitznefet and get rid of the crown, so the angel said, That's what Zot Lo Zot is. The Malachim chime in and say, This is what happens to Yisrael. This is Am Yisrael who said, And the reason for the Midrash is, of course, because the the other Midrash says that when Am Yisrael said that, the Malachim all put crowns on their heads. So how can you take the crowns off their heads? Isn't this what Am Yisrael deserves, that they made the low high and the high low, and they put a Tzalem and the Echal? This, of course, is a reference to the Egel. So Darsha Ravira, so this is, that's what Zot Lozot is. Darsha Ravira, Zimna Marla Yishmeda Ravami, Zimna Marla Yishmeda Ravasi. Again, we have a teaching in the name of Ravami or Ravasi. The Pasuk at the beginning of Nachum. If a person sees that, uh, they have very little food, that they have, uh, they have little food, you should still make stuck out of them. And certainly if he has lots. Why does it say they're cut and passed? Anybody who cuts into his own money and makes stakah, he can pass through and be saved from Gehenim. And what's the, why is the Vyavar? Because it's the Mashal. Mashal is It's like two U's. They were walking through the water. One of them had been shorn. The other one is laden with uh, wool. The one that's shorn can make it through uh, safely. The one that's not shorn drowns. Now the end of the Pasuk says, What's that? Even an Ani. Meaning, even the one who himself is getting staka should still give staka. And the end is lo enech or I will not afflict you anymore. And Yosef shuv in marin lo If an ani finds a way to also give staka, he will he will find an end to his poverty and not be an ani anymore. Okay, we have completed uh, until the end of the first sugya. Before beginning the next podcast, we will go back to the Mishnah Daf Bet and see Mishnah Bet, and then pick up at Daf Zayin Amud Bet. Everybody should have a wonderful day.